You're listening to Campus Review Radio. So, the budget, what did you think? <laughs> Lay it on uh, me. <laughs> well, um, I think it was um, considered politically, and I really am very pleased that the Minister uh, has chosen to um, consult with an options paper. Um, that's, I think, a good, you know, a, a good flag from the Minister that he's prepared to listen to the sector and welcome that. Um, obviously, he's, he's uh, had a couple of um, things that, you know, are definitely going to change for 2018, uh, providing, you know, they uh, remain in government. And um, he's indicated to us last night very clearly that full fee deregulation was off the table and that uh, they were reversing the efficiency dividend that had been placed on universities. And we welcome that reversal because that was a significant amount of money for universities. Um, he's also flagged, you know, a cut to funding in the uh, equity and pathway program areas, uh, which uh, I think, uh, particularly for universities like ours, where we have a very high proportion of uh, low SES and students from educational disadvantage, uh, will preferentially affect us um, in terms of our capacity to raise aspiration. But uh, he also flagged that he would review how the remaining um, HE, uh, triple P funding would be allocated and we'd, we'd like to contribute to that process to make sure it's targeted at, you know, the students who need uh, the most support. So all in all, there's some certainty for 217, which is welcome, um, and consultation, which is also welcome. Uh, and it's going to be quite a big year as he considers all the range of options uh, in the uh, consultation paper that he released last night. Some of those, of course, um, you know, uh, uh, could have some significant effects on the sector, but we won't know until, um, you know, we've gone through that process um, and how that affects what's, you know, currently in the forward estimates and so on around, you know, a decrease in money to universities over the forward estimates really depends on uh, how that consultation process goes, I think. One of the, the comments that I've seen floating around is that the, the 20% cut, it's sort of like it hasn't been completely taken off the table, it's just been sort of, you know, delayed or, you know, uh, yes. pro, uh, furloughed, if you, if you will. You know, would you like I to think, see... Uh, I think uh, I think I'm not a sporting person, but I think the analogy is um, kicking it on, uh, ki- kicking it over the line. Um, kicking it into the long grass. <laughs> that sounds like a golf one. That one. Um, no, I, I think it's uh, it, it's certainly not off the table, and it is forming part of the discussion uh, that will be taken forward. Um, so uh, the 20% cut and uh, also the 50-50 rebalance between student and government, you know, funding, depending on the cluster that you're dealing with uh, for funding, um, is not off the table and it is for discussion with the sector. So there are some of the options that are canvassed in the, cons- in the consultation paper and there are others in the consultation paper as well, which includes the, flag- the notion of flagships that was raised some years ago um, in the Lomax Smith review is the some how uh, what do we do with uh, demand driven sub bachelor places do we expand those uh, what do we do with private providers um, also uh, flagging that there needs to be discussion around reforming the allocation of postgraduate places and looking at ways to improve the um, help system to make sure it's sustainable things like you know lowering the threshold 
Those sorts of things have been canvassed in the consultation paper, but they have not been decided on. Um, what's clear is I think the Minister is looking for the sector to engage in a dialogue about which of these are the ones that the sector um, can, you know, can accept and would give the best outcome for higher education, uh, bearing in mind the fiscal constraints that the government's got. So, overall, it's a fairly... Um, uh, uh, gentle, I don't, that's probably not quite the right word, but... Um, politically astute? It's a very clever political move, um, absolutely. Uh, and But I do think it's actually uh, typical of what I have seen so far of this minister is that he, he would like to... He's pragmatic, and I think he recognises that uh, he needs to get the best possible outcome for the sector in a um, challenging financial circumstance. And so consulting with the sector about what that is, given how complex the sector is, I think is a very is a very sensible politically. Is there anything missing from the budget that you would have liked to have seen in there? It, it's a great question. Um, I have to say, I think in the sector we've uh, begun to... Um, get used to not seeing new things in budgets. We rather, you know, hope for not taking away old things. But um, we would like to have clarity on, I think, um, a, the indexation of the um, of the grant. Um, that, I think, will come over time, but it still is something that's a little bit opaque in my head. We are relying on the fact that things like research funding that came out prior to Christmas in the NISA um, statement holds and that our research will um, be able to be, continue to be funded. That's very, very important. Um, and I think uh, those, those sorts of things are, are really critical and we're relying on the government um, to continue with those policies that they came, came forward with, in, with NISA and the international education um, under Minister Colbeck. But generally speaking, um, it's a, a politically astute and kind of pragmatic approach to higher education. It's good to have certainty in 217. Looking forward to having certainty from 218 forward and just need to make sure that uh, students are not, you know, the, the students at the margins, you know, low SES, uh, mature age, uh, working students, those sorts of students are not disadvantaged as a result, as a result of um, any changes that come from the options paper through the second half of this year. I was having a chat this morning with Carolyn McMillan, VC of Newcastle Uni, and, and she was saying that she would have liked to have seen uh, a greater focus on regional universities which uh, come in areas that often have what she called transitioning economies and uh, I just wanted to find out your thoughts on would you like to see more done to help regional universities? Well you may have seen in the package that there's um, um, support for regional presence of universities um, obviously subject to all the savings etc uh, but looking at new infrastructure fund loan facilities for regional universities to undertake transformational infrastructure investments um, that that was I think a signal that they recognised that regional universities are critical for the development of regional Australia and developing regional economies um, and um, if the NISA program goes ahead as um, um, proposed you know pre-Christmas uh, things like innovation hubs um, directed at regional um, uh, universities and regional cities linking in with the city's policy would be a very uh, advantageous for for you know regional cities uh, such as Toowoomba where, where my university is headquartered 
So um, in all, uh, we believe that regional universities are key drivers for the regional economy and regional development funding would be uh, terrific um, to be able to access that competitively for universities, but at the moment we, we can't. Um, but there is a recognition, I think, that uh, in, in the, the proposal that's come out in the discussion paper around the regional presence of universities that... Uh, is, I think, acknowledging that uh, we work in thin markets with communities that have low aspiration and yet we drive regional economies and innovation through our research in a way that no other institution in Australia does.